in PZ09. Ah, look who's here. Good to see you. Are you playing hooky from your Aikido class or whatever it is? I am. I decided to come here instead. Oh, you sweetheart. <laughs> That's great. Nice to see you. How was Lovely. your home Sunday? Did, it, did everything go okay getting home? Sunday? Oh, on Sunday. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I um, I stopped by my boat in Alameda. And had some there. And um, after that, I went on home. And I had a, a shop busy Monday. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I another reason why I didn't go to Aikido is because my partner and I are leaving in the wee hours. We're going to Portland. Oh. It's my sister-in-law's birthday nice. so my wife really wants to go so we're gonna go we were gonna fly but i'm nervous to fly now with delta so we're gonna drive yeah you know what i've gotten into the last couple of years about for climate change more than anything else is i've started taking the train that's a blast i love yes i saw it. okay so i saw that they're doing these passes now so it's like um, I think it's two ninety nine or something like that, and you get a 10, 10, 10 leg pass, so you can take basically ten trips all, uh, all around the United States or ten segments they call them. Yeah, segments, sure. Some I get trips that. Are like two segments, two trips. Well, yeah, trips but when I go to Boston, it's going to be like three segments or something. And is yeah, that yeah. kind so, of ad infinitum, so or is it like all in a year? Or? Um. How, let's see, that's, there was a, I think there was, I think maybe it was a year or something like that. Take and a look. Uh, once, once you start it, once you start it, then you have to, you have to finish it. And I think they gave 90 days to, to begin your, mm -hmm. uh, using your pass. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I, I think I want to do that. The yeah, only yeah. thing with that was we still have to wear masks. So I was like, hmm, how comfortable is that now? With, you know, perhaps yeah. days in the train. I don't know. So that's that was my only reservation. I, I understand. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to do it um, in September. I'm going to go up to Portland and meet my sister from Seattle. And we're going to go camping. So I'll try it out and let you know. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Hi, Jude. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, Diane. Welcome. I got to go adjust my shade this light. This you know, Betsy, when I, the link that was sent was to your morning. Yeah, correct. Okay. That's but it, it. wasn't oh. it, it wasn't this link. I when I try to link up it 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 was a morning link to the right. Well that's that's the link we're using. Huh. We're using the same link as my morning meditation. Oh, okay. I thought I couldn't get in. I was trying to get in. It wouldn't open. So. I hadn't opened it yet. Yeah, I hadn't opened it. Oh, I meeting. guess that's what it was. I was yeah. thinking I was late. Oh, okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Why do I have this cloud? It's This is so weird. You see, anybody else see what I'm seeing on my screen? There's this whole misty area here. Not? that It could be, and this is just a guess, because it, yeah. it's happened to me. 
it, there could be a smudge on your lens. If you take a, a soft cloth, a little, uh, maybe a lens cleaner or glasses cleaner. Yeah. And just, yeah, there you go. Just what there it's, it's going away. A little more. Yep. That's because I put my sticky fingers on the screen. You can just, <laughs> thank you. There. Oh, look at that. Thank you. That's wonderful. Okay. All right. Hi, Linda. Nice to see you. Well, I think we'll start, um, even though I know people dribble in as, as we are all want to do. But um, hi, Mary. Good to see you. Is Jeannie coming? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to text her. She was super tired, but and it's later for her. It's nine o'clock in Kansas. So um, oh, right, I'll right. text her and see if I can get her on. Tell her I'm going to sing. <laughs> OK, I'll tell her. Oh, bless her. Hi, Antoinette. Oh, nice to see you. It's been a while. Great. All right, sisters. So I'm going to, um, is everybody muted? Good, good, good. Okay. Hi, Diane. Good to see you. So why don't we begin our sit and then move into what comes after that. So finding your comfortable place, your alert but comfortable, or comfortable but alert, however you want to put those two together. And we'll, we'll do about a 20, 20 to 25 minutes sit. Just feeling the energy of arriving. Perhaps feeling the, the day streaming behind you or clinging to your heels. And giving yourself plenty of time to just bring your body and mind and heart all together. in this moment, this precious moment. You may just notice what your kind of felt energy is right now. Are you kind of buzzing? Are you noticing a weariness? Are you buoyant? 
We don't exactly stop on a dime when we've been moving through time and then here we are sitting, breathing. So it's nice to just catch up to ourselves and return to our body. And the simple in and out of the breath. Might be a good time to do a little body scan and just let each breath move into some part of your body that would like to soften a little more. Hands, jaw, Eyes, ankles, Letting our attention and awareness be a kind, warm attention, not straining to achieve more quiet than we're capable of, striving for some kind of peace or equanimity we just don't have right this minute, but just warmly greeting and being one with exactly where and who you are right now. Just let it come, let the peace come to you.
Hello, hello, Deb and Eve, welcome, Emily, welcome. Anybody else pop in? I think not, I think everybody else was here. Great, can you hear me okay? Is my voice up enough? Okay, great, thank you. Sometimes it gets a little soft, I've been told. Okay. Well, a few of you were at the Sangha gathering on Sunday with Syrah and I and Kate. I guess it was just the three of us, wasn't it? And um, it was a really beautiful day and a really, I thought a very powerful day because we were turning our eyes to look with eyes wide open at the reality that we are living in multiple crises right now, layers of uh, compounding disasters, with climate and pandemic and um, racial injustice and violence and much more, all of that. And here we all are, you know, uh, as uh, practitioners, as Sangha sisters, um, holding a lot, processing a lot, I'm sure. So our theme was faith and fear. And I wanted to just build on that some tonight because I just, it's just so much, there was so much. And, um, so some, for those of you that were there, I'm going to recap a couple of things that will be familiar, but mostly this will be beyond, will be an expansion on that. And if you have a pen and paper handy, you might want it. Um, okay, I put my different glasses on. I, if I remember to do this, I have a question to ask you later, in, later on that you might want to just jot down your answers to. So we'll see. We'll see about that. So um, hi, Linda. Welcome. Just in time. Um, so fear, fear, you know, it's like fear is one of those things of like, oh, bad, I don't want to feel fear. If I really practice better, I wouldn't feel fear. Who knows what we believe about fear. But I am, I am reminded that fear is a survival mechanism and that no living being would have survived this long if they hadn't had a healthy fear of, of real danger. So to feel fear to me is not at all a problem. It is not a human failing or a problem at all. It's really how does it how does it move us to action? Because you know our reptilian brain is ready to fight, freeze, flight, placate, um, fawn. There's a few other Fs that have come into the thing, um, and sometimes those are just really wise, super wise, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they lead us in the wrong direction. So I've been working with this thought of wise fear, like what does wise fear look like? Because it, it maybe it's the, the how many wise livelihoods and so forth, are there 10 of them, Cyrus, something? There's all these right this and you know understanding and view, and I think wise fear should be in there somewhere. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, what did you say, eight? Okay, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> So I, I had this image of like, say you're crossing a crosswalk and a truck is barreling toward you. It is, it is definitely a good reaction to get out of there. The reptilian brain will tell you exactly what to do and it will tell you to run. And that's a darn good thing. You don't stand there and say, well, you know, if I have a lot of equanimity and I have a lot of faith, I'm sure it'll work out all right. That is, that is idiot faith, right? You know, But then if the truck is down the road a ways and you're about to leave the crosswalk and you kind of take a minute to look and see how fast it's going and think about your hip that hasn't been moving so quickly lately and thinking, you know, I don't think I'll make a run for it. I think I'll just stay here and let that truck come through. That's wise fear, caution, I don't know what to call it, but you're taking seriously what you're seeing at a distance 
and acting wisely now in relation to it. And I feel like that's kind of what we're trying to do with climate disruption and climate emergency is something's coming. Well, it's here, but 10 years ago it was coming. Everyone knew it, but very few were really, um, very few of those who you know, could be doing policy changes, uh, energy choices were, were paying attention, right? And now the truck is right in the crosswalk with us. So um, we, you know, I think we can just, gosh, hold that thought that there is a, there is a wisdom in paying attention. And I'm going to sing a song in a minute that will help us kind of flesh this out. So I think I won't say anything more about that, actually. Um, what is faith? What is faith? And what is faith's relationship to hope? These are open questions that you probably have your own answers for. I, I noticed that the grammar of faith and hope is different. Like hope is hope for, you know, I hope for a great day. I hope for ice cream for dinner. I hope so-and-so changes their personality and stops driving me nuts. You know, we, we, we have an outcome that we are hoping for, right? That's hope. Hope is attached to an outcome, yeah? Faith is faith in. I have faith in my heart. I have faith in my practice. It's sort of like faith in a process or a quality of value. And it's just a more living, it's not binary. It's not like if this, then that. It's sort of these are the waters I want to swim in because I believe in them, you know. So um, in fact, Joanna Macy, oh boy, she's got some good stuff. Joanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote her a couple of times tonight. Joanna says, uh, most of you know her despair and empowerment in the nuclear age was her big breakthrough. She works with fear and faith and, and she's a Buddhist and anyway, wonderful, wonderful teacher. She says, frankly, I tend to be allergic to hope. In a time as chancy as this, when we're going around a narrow and gravelly cliff face with which slopes outward to say, oh, I'm hopeful, is a little dim-witted. <laughs> she doesn't mince words. It's not being skillful. You can't just waste any energy being hopeful or being hopeless. You just have to pay tremendous attention right now. And then you aren't asking, will I make it or will I not make it? So that's kind of a, a, an interesting reminder. And then Starhawk, another one of my favorite teachers, who's a Wiccan, um, a pagan, permaculture, earth-centered, goddess-centered teacher, writer, amazing, amazing woman. She writes, um, today I am feeling that exhilarating, scary sense of a spell brewing, as if we were all part of a ritual that is now beginning to work. For the force that pushes us toward each other, flesh to flesh, heart to heart, that moves us to dance, to work, to birth, to weave, is a power that never stops reaching out for life. I love that. And I, to me, that's, that says a lot about faith. That captures something about faith. So I think those are really a nice introduction to the song that I want to want to sing tonight and then I'm going to use the song as the foundation for um, some reflections. I wrote this during a, a political time. It was in uh, I think 2010. We had in 2008 had this incredibly exhilarating national experience of electing Obama and so much hope was unleashed, so much hope, I guess hope, hope in old and then this will happen and he'll take care of this and no more of that, you know, and um, 
And then in 2010, um, the, the Tea Party managed to uh, engineer taking back the House and maybe the Senate, I don't remember. And there we were, two years later, for me, just dashed, just dashed. That's um, one of the hard things about hope is that its shadow side is despair, <laughs> one of its shadows. So this song is my statement of both raw, hit bottom, acceptance and faith. Shine a light across the darkness Like the moon across the waves In this midnight of our journey Show the world a shining face Even earth and sky can tumble the ocean deep, the stars above. All that we know is bound to crumble. There is no better time to love. Oh, you can sing that with me. There is no better time to love. Let's try it. There is no better time to love. And one more. There is no better time to love. The news will never tell the story. We have to learn it on our own. Reach for a truth you can believe in the time is urgent take it slow when even faith and hope lie shattered when all we do is not enough we face the dark with eyes wide open is no better time to love no better time there is no better time to love the news will never tell the story we have known it all along And in the silence we remember And note by note we find the song So shine a light across the darkness We'll never know if it's enough Holding hands with eyes wide open There is no better time to love Sing that with me There is no better time to love Give me your hand with eyes wide open
song gives me great comfort and I think it comforts me not because it's reassuring only but because it it makes space for looking right into the heart of darkness and not turning away and I think that's a deep core practice um it's what set the Buddha on his journey was actually stopping being protected by his parents in the pleasure palace sneaking out into the city and seeing illness, seeing death, seeing old age, and not turning away, turning toward, and then going to find the heart strength find, on his quest to find that uh, way of seeing that could allow for some peace and even some joy in a human life without putting on blinders. So, so I just, I want to just pull out a couple of lines from this song that, that kind of say something to me that maybe they did to you too. And if there's any lines that stay with you, you might want to jot them down because I may not talk about them. And even if I do, maybe something stood out for you. I, I would be curious about that. And if nothing comes to you, don't, don't worry about it. Don't make it into a, a strain. But even earth and sky can tumble, the ocean deep, the stars above. Well, that's our impermanence right there, isn't it? Which Kate has been teaching about a lot and, and for good reason, because it is such a fact of our lives and it visits us so often and often so painfully, not always, sometimes very joyfully. And, um, you know, the Buddha didn't mince words like Joanna Macy did not mince words. And if you know his five remembrances, Ooh, I wish I'd brought them up to read. I'm sorry, I'm going to do a little bit by memory, but it is like, I am of a nature to grow old. Nothing can protect me from growing old. I am of a nature to die. Nothing can protect me from death. Um, all that I love and cherish will be taken from me. Nothing can protect me. And it's like, thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> I, I think I'll try another religion. You know? <laughs> But it's, it's just so, but it's so true. And it's, and he just names it, you know, he just names it. And so, you know, what do we do? How do we cope with when something we thought was set, a mountain, a, a, a relationship, a job, a, a state of health, something we thought was a noun becomes a verb, right? Something we thought was fixed turns out to be fluid. Whew, it's, it, it knocks us sideways. It, it certainly does me. So all that we know is bound to crumble. And then that, that tagline, there is no better time to love. It's, you know, for me, for one thing, it's, I feel like it's never a mistake to love. Like you can't go wrong with choosing love when you don't know quite how to approach something. And again, I don't mean idiot love. I don't mean nicey nice when somebody's coming at you with a gun or something. I just mean, you know, that place in our heart that, that knows that hate Anger, violence, well, anger, so anger's got its place, but violence, whatever, just um, creates such a, a, a wound in us and um, uh, a deep karmic wound that, that would be nice not to have to recover from. And, and love just feels better. 
it just feels better. You know, I've tried the other things. I don't know about you, but I have definitely tried my hand at hating, judging, blaming, and it doesn't make me happy, you know? So no better time to love. Um, and it's the strongest tool in our kit. There's something, oh God, I wanted to read this. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Lila June Johnson is an indigenous young woman who um, is a, a rap artist and an indigenous organizer and um, uh, ran for Congress briefly. She's a very cool woman and she wrote this beautiful thing. And I'm gonna just see if I can grab it real quick. Um, yeah, here it is. She says, they say that history is written by the victors, but how can there be a victor when the war isn't over? The battle has only just begun and creator is sending her very best warriors. This time it isn't Indians versus cowboys, no. This time it is all the beautiful races of humanity together on the same side. And we are fighting to replace our fear with love. This time bullets, arrows, and cannonballs will not save us. The only weapons that are useful in this battle are the weapons of truth, of faith, and of compassion. Thank you, Lila June. So then the line, the news will never tell the story. We have to learn it on our own. Oh my goodness, I could do a half hour talk just on the news. Um, a couple of things. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about wise consumption, the way we might talk about wise eating, um, and that the news we consume affects our bodies and spirits just like the food that we're eating. So he talks about being very careful about our sources. And it's, I, I think it's not just about how much news we consume, but it really is the source. Where are we looking for our so-called information? Um, David Loy, who's a Buddhist teacher and a, a social justice thinker, had this fabulous thing that I just want to share with you. He said, you know, the three poisons the Buddha taught were greed, hatred, and delusion. And each human being has these capacities and they poison our, our minds and spirits. Well, he says societies also have these qualities and that greed on a societal or global level is represented by the international monetary system, by the banking system, by Wall Street. These are institutions that have institutionalized greed, right? And then violence is institutionalized by the military and to a large degree, the police. So these are institutionalizations of the poison of violence. And the institutionalization of delusion, three guesses, media, media. Our, our media, so much of what we are offered is, and I don't need to tell you this, you're all very savvy people, but just to name it, is corporate funded, um, driven by corporate agendas, and even a quote public uh, source like NPR, if you if you listen to who's sponsoring them, it's Exxon, it's Shell, you know. And I want to tell you, just this week, and maybe I'm slow to pick it up. You 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 may you may have heard this before me, but just this week, on NPR, whatever, I started hearing them talk about wildfires and floods and use the phrase "human driven climate change." That's major. 
because for decades at least these you know even a even a you know somewhat middle of the road thing like npr refused to talk about human driven climate change they would talk about you know perhaps climate change etc so this is this is why we feel so deluded sometimes because we are getting um information that is shaded by other agenda than what serves us and what serves humanity moving forward. So what I what I am, am blessed with that, I'm blessed with living with someone who's extremely media savvy. And he brings me, he, he goes all over the internet and he brings me amazing sources of good news, of positive news. And I don't mean feel good, happy, happy. I mean, things that are going on around the world that we just don't hear about. Grassroots people's organizations rising up, taking charge of their lives. Women, amazing stories of women from around the world. People of color right here in the US and around the world. Um, it's hard to find this news through, through standard sources. So I, I feel like in terms of my wise consumption, I try to be careful who I look to, right? And it says, um, Look, uh, look for a truth you can believe in. The time is urgent. Take it slow. Um, uh -huh, yes. So urgent. If, if I am listening to something on the news and I notice that it leaves me feeling despairing, hopeless, or panicky, then that's a sign to me that my diet is out of balance. It's not that they're wrong. There's stuff that's really hard to hear, you know, and we're trying to keep our eyes open, but it means I'm not feeding my information system with the counter story, because there's always a counter story. And, you know, so it just as a little mindfulness practice for me is if I notice how I feel after and I feel like, oh, it's hopeless. It's hope. It's just hopeless. They've got this thing sewn up. There's no way around, blah, blah. It's like, okay, okay, time to look elsewhere and get my balance back. And, I'm, and of course, this is me. I'm talking about external sources right now. And of course, the balance, get my balance back is also an internal process, which is where faith comes in. It's like, okay, I need to get back to what do I really believe? What do I know? Reach for a truth you can believe in, right? Oh. So, <laughs> then the last verse says, the news will never tell the story, but we have known it all along. And this is my question to you, because I think children in general, unless they've been abused pretty early on, we have a very deep knowing of some really simple things about life, like friendliness and kindness feel good and make, and make better friends. <laughs> and um, people can mostly be trusted and it feels good to trust them. And I don't wanna speak for everybody, but there, there is something in that beautiful child's eyes. So what I want to ask you is to, with your pen in hand, if you want to, is just close your eyes for a moment and just go inside and jot down your first thoughts, unfiltered, unedited first thoughts. When I ask you this question, what have you known all along? What have you known all along that you believe in or could believe in? Just let, let this little brainstorm just flow. You may have several things or just one thing. 
So we'll, um, we'll move on, but that might be a nice question to ask yourself from time to time, especially when you've just heard something on the news that makes you crazy. <laughs> you know, it's just that, that quiet and like, what do I, what have I known all along? And we have a, a moment, if anybody would like to just maybe un, unmute and just say one thing from your list, it might be nice to get a little compilation of what, what faith is in the room here. And we can, you know, feed each other's faith if anyone would like to. I'd like to say, um, so, uh, tell you something that I read on faith, and it was it, coming off of the, the Sunday. Uh, Sangha was so beautiful, and I want to thank you for orchestrating it the way it was. And um, I found this little thing on faith that was was so beautiful. So if I might just read it. Um, Be short, Cynthia. Be short. Good. Thank faith you. Faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith often takes you through the problem. Faith doesn't always take away the pain. Faith gives you the ability to handle the pain. Faith doesn't take you out of the storm. Faith calms you in the midst of the storm. Mm, mm. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody have something they'd like to share from that moment? I was going to say nature um, is our teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. gives us strength and nurturing. nurturing. Yeah. Oh, and natural systems, the way seeds go through incredible darkness and hardness and cold. And then, you know, I mean, just that alone is enough to keep me going, <laughs> you know. Anyone else? Um, I, uh, when I asked myself the question, what came up with was kindness and then connection, but humor came up. That's oh. something I've known all along. <sighs> Wonderful. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Thank you. A mm. couple more? Sarah? Yeah, let's see. Um, two things. One, uh, I wonder if, Cynthia, if, if you can um, uh, put in the chat maybe to, to Betsy who that was or, or what the source was. I would love to, to, um, yeah. to see that, to have that. And also, um, for me, I, I feel like something I've always known when I look back to childhood um, is the sense of destiny mm. for humans, for our human, for human, our human family. I just always had this, this knowing there's a sense of destiny and, and that our destiny, you know, that it's unfolding toward freedom somehow. I just always had that. Mm. I always had that. And I, I don't know that I'm the only one. So. Ooh, I hope you do a Dharma talk on that. That's so powerful. Destiny. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Mm. One last one, anyone? Oh, Deb, go ahead. Well, you, you talked about childhood, you know, like what I, what we felt from childhood and considering my childhood, um, the thing that has come through for me is that I am worthy to be here on the planet. Mm. Mm. Because 
Yeah. Mm. It's been a long journey. Yes, indeed. I've always felt that. It's like no matter what, mm. I deserve, uh, I'm worthy to be. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Deb. That is so foundational. That is like rock bottom. Like if you got, if, like if one has that, one has what one needs to build other beliefs on top of. Thank you so much. All right. Beautiful. So just a couple of more comments here. Um, uh, in the silence, we remember, and note by note, we find the song. Um, you know, it, it is, it sounds so trite, but it really is darkness that drives us toward, I guess one could say light or illumination or vision. Um, in 12-step uh, recovery programs, they use the word God a lot. And one of the acronyms for God is the gift of desperation. It's like that's what drives people to faith is absolute desperation. And I, I would offer too the gift of darkness that um, I've been driven to my knees and I know each and every one of you has also. And that is where I do have to plumb my depths, you know, um, to find something that um, it's, it's a remembering. It's like well, what we just did, like remembering what I know. It's not really discovering something new. It's really remembering what is already in there, that seed of faith, something, yeah. And then um, shine a light across the darkness. We'll never know if it's enough. So here's what Cesar Chavez has to say about that. This is, I love this quote. Cesar Chavez, the great uh, farm workers union organizer. He says, what influences me is not, whether, is not whether or not a spiritual activist is successful. It's that they don't give up. Even if Gandhi had not liberated India, he would have stayed with the project all his life. And I think that's true. And I think that the seeds that social activists and just good-hearted people trying to do good and plant seeds right now, a lot of those seeds, we will not see them bloom, right? So I think faith is partly believing in our current actions if they are founded on good intention, wise intention, wise view, wise understanding, all that. If, if, we, if we trust that our actions now may bear fruit, 50 years from now, 100 years from who knows. I listen to a lot of Mozart and Bach, and every now and then I think Mozart had no idea that 300 years later or whatever, we would be just glorying in his music, you know, and it would be feeding my soul. It would be lifting me. How did he, didn't, he died a pauper. He's buried in a pauper's grave. So, you know, having faith in our intention and the actions that follow from that is just so vital. We're holding hands with eyes wide open. Well, that's Sangha. That's Sangha right there. It's like to look into the dark and to access faith is really kind of hard to do alone. It's not that you can't, but wow, having a group that also is willing to look with eyes wide open, to not do a spiritual bypass and sort of this phony equanimity of like, well, it's all going to work out because don't you know, whatever, you know, um, no, but by looking together and holding hands with eyes wide open, uh, the unbearable can be born. We know that. We all know that from times when we had to reach out um, in order to get through something. So that's why we have the Sangha. That is one of the, the reasons why we've created this women's Sangha. 
is not not only so we have you know companionship and sisterhood and you know take each other food when we're sick all that is so 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 beautiful but i believe it's also so that we can become people with eyes more open because we have witnesses with us we are witnessing together and that makes it possible to open our eyes a little wider see a little more and not be knocked over by it oh goodness there is no better time to love <laughs> oh that's kind of that's kind of at the end of the day and love you know very close to compassion you know and that um allowing ourselves to be to feel broken i have a poem i wrote sometime in the last couple of years called did the buddha cry and i'll read it sometime because you know sometimes the hero's journey and buddha's story is told like the hero's journey it's just an amazing story but you never hear about him breaking down and sobbing you know and most heroic narratives you don't and so we all break down and sob and then we think i must not be very heroic but um so i have this poem about did the did the buddha cry just to to remind me that my broken sobbing whatever is is part of the it's part of the practice of opening to all that comes through let it come through and again faith that it will not break me it may temporarily throw me to my knees but it it doesn't have to break me and dharma sustains me people sustain me love and faith sustain me so I want to leave you, and then we'll have a, a little Q&A, uh, with one more thing from Joanna Macy. And this is her marvelous telling of the Shambhala warrior prophecy. And I'll try to abridge it a little bit because it's long. Um, so she, when she was in India, she heard people referring to the kingdom of Shambhala. They said it was prophesied in the Kalach, ooh, Kalach, sorry, Kalachakra Tantra which I know nothing about. I don't even know what it is. But she went looking to find out more about this um, prophecy. And she talked to Chujao Rinpoche. Um, and this is what he told me. It, he, what he told her was his version um, of the Shambhala warrior story. He says, there comes a time when all life on earth is in danger. At this time, great powers have arisen, barbarian powers. Although these powers have wasted their wealth in preparing to annihilate each other, they have much in common. Weapons of unfathomable devastation and technologies that lay waste to the world. It is just at this point, when the future of all beings seems to be hanging by the frailest of threads, that the kingdom of Shambhala emerges. You cannot go there, he said, because it is not a geopolitical entity. It exists in the hearts and minds of the Shambhala warriors. This is the word he used, warriors. You can't recognize a Shambhala warrior by looking at him or her, he said, because they don't wear uniforms, no insignias. They wave no banners. They don't even have barricades on which to climb to threaten the enemy or hide behind to rest or to regroup. They don't have any home turf. Ever and always, they move on the terrain of the barbarian powers. Great courage is required of the Shambhala warrior, moral courage and physical courage, because the warriors are going right into the heart of the barbarian powers to dismantle the weapons. They're going into the citadels and the pits and pockets 
where the weapons are stored, weapons in every sense of the word. They're going into the corridors of power where decisions are made in order to dismantle the weapons that threaten all life on earth. The Shambhala warriors are able to do this because they know these weapons are mind made. The dangers that confront us in this time are not visited upon us by some extraterrestrial force or some satanic deity or even by preordained fate. They arise out of our choices, our relationships, our lifestyles. Made by the human mind, they can be unmade by the human mind. In this time, the Shambhala warriors go into training. And then talk, there's more about compassion, but I think that's, that's enough. And I, I'd be glad to email that out to, to you all if, if you'd like to have that. I, I just think it's stunning. So, yeah. Okay, well, that is, that's enough. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. Thoughts, responses, questions. Let's, let's share a little bit. You can just unmute. Oops, sorry. Yeah, Eve. I just want to say I really appreciated the uh, distinction between hope as kind of uh, and faith that, that really helped me to think about outcome versus process and um, and kind of locate. Yeah, the, that that feeling. Uh, they're both feeling states, but but very different. And expectations from them. So I really appreciated that. Mm, great, great. I'm glad. Mm. Or if anyone would like to share anything more about your, your sources of faith. I, I do feel like we're being sorely tested these days, and that can bring out deeper wells of, of hidden wisdom. Um, and I, I do love cross-fertilizing each other. Um, each of us is a Dharma teacher in our own way, the Dharma of our lives. Oh, we could always just sing some more. That's <laughs> um, I really love. Um, I really love what you shared about um, the darkness really sort of pushing us toward the light. And I think it, it just kind of speaks to, um, it's just a good reminder, you know, it speaks to the, the foundational principles actually of this practice, of our practice. Um, you know, the, the, the Buddha's awakening, you know, um, comes, came from, you know, um, as you mentioned, the, 
you know, once he journeyed out from his pleasure palaces um, and saw the ails of life, you know, saw the truth of, of what was happening in the human experience, you know, suffering, suffering. It really, that's what, that's what inspired him um, to want to awaken. That's what inspired him to work toward, um, you know, to work for this, um, for all beings. And so, um, you know, our human experience, unfortunately, you know, we, we are stubborn, stubborn creatures, you know, we are just stuck in our habits and our patterns. And the only thing, and even me, you know, all of us at some areas of our lives, the only things that, that cause us to change or to, um, you know, do things differently or to evolve in a way is, is sometimes discomfort is sometimes um, challenge, you know. So I really appreciate you bringing that, um, that reminder forward mm. around what it is that propels us um, through these uh, and, and to the other side. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate mm. that. Oh, Thanks. good. So glad. Thank you, Sarah. Deb. Okay. Can, Deb, can you talk a little louder or get a little closer? Oh, yeah, really. Thank you. Am I not close enough? I'm not uh, hearing you real well, yeah. You aren't. You might want to turn your device up a little bit, maybe. Okay, I'm going to try and do that, honey. Well, just cuddle up to that computer then. 100%. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Okay. We'll listen I up. Talk louder. <laughs> um, can you hear me? Okay. Well, when I heard you first sing that song, there was, a, there was something that I was triggered by. And that was, you know, shine the light upon the darkness. And I just kept thinking, I don't have that bright a light. Mm. I need a brighter light. Mm. And I, I just felt like sort of helpless or, mm. or, you know, less empowered. And then I realized being a part of a Saya Sangha I've got, we've got all this light, we've got all this goodness and light. And it's like, we're going to do this beam, you know, that goes throughout the world, all our little tiny little beams, you know, are going to make a big difference. And, and I, you know, that was, I was like, Oh, okay, I just felt better <laughs> about, yeah, that's my little contribution. And it's all our contribution. And it would make a difference. Because initially, way back when, when I was, you know, started to meditate, I never thought that I had that kind of power. Mm, you know, and I just, and again, it was sort of like instant chicken noodle soup, you know, it's like, okay, I didn't see the effect of that. So I guess it doesn't work. So it was really, it's really wonderful when you said, well, 10 years out or 50 years out or whatever. Well, I'm not going to be here, but I mean, mm -hmm. let's hope that, you know, that really makes a difference mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm counting on it. You know, <laughs> Just, you know, that's why I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm all in, <laughs> but thank you for that because I love that song. And mm -hmm. I think that it really made a difference in my life for sure. Thank you. Betsy. Oh, 
Oh, thanks, Deb. That's great. Yeah, that's, you know, I didn't talk about that line, shine a light across the darkness. And yeah, I mean, I, it, that's, I'm glad you highlighted that actually, because, you know, I was raised to kind of put on, put on a big smile, you know, and shine, you know, Jesus wants me for a sunbeam was one of the earliest songs I ever learned. Okay, a little minister's daughter, right? A little Christian girl. Does it, I hope none of you ever learned that song because it colored my life. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine on him each day or something. Oh, God. And, um, you know, and that is not what this song is saying, right? It is not saying, and it's not asking me to know more than I know, to like shine a light of wisdom for others or to lead others to shore with my lighthouse light. I mean, it, it could mean those things, but I really feel like it's really just a choice we make to face the darkness with a sense of, of some luminosity, like something we have that comes, as I say, from what we've known all along or from our practice or from a faith we've developed over time. Maybe we haven't known it all along, but something has developed in the, in the course of living that is our lumin luminousness that can be offered. It doesn't say shine a light to dispel the darkness. It's just across the darkness, like a moon across the waves. The waves are still there. The ocean is still dark, but there's this pathway of light, you know. So, I mean, make of it what you will. The, the thing I love about art or that I want and I want to lift up is that we can't analyze it too much. It's got to just kind of come in to the right brain heart thing and, and kind of make of it what you will. And um, yeah, so yeah. Okay, well, that's about time. Any burning desire for one more little thought? Yeah. All right, then. Well, I'm so happy to, to have shared this with you. This is one of my favorite songs, and um, I, I come back to it again and again. Um, I picked up my guitar as if I'm now going to sing. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> it's just automatic. Um, and I'm, I'm just glad to share it with you, and I hope that um, some of what, what I've unpacked tonight, you know, um, offers you offers you a little more uh, support along the path. Yeah. So let's um, dedicate the merit and um, say good night. Hmm. And with palms together, with hearts connected, with eyes inwardly wide open and hearts willing to love, we offer our goodness, our practice, our faith, our good intentions and good actions. We offer all of this for our own lives, our family, our communities, and all beings. And we also offer them to the future, knowing that we are seeds and that much of what we offer today may not bear fruit until many days to come. So with all of that gathered in, we offer ourselves, may all beings benefit from our practice. May all beings be safe.
May all beings be well. May all beings know the deepest joy and peace. And may we all awaken. Night, night. See some of you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. A few of you. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Bye. 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 B